Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. Good morning from the studios of The Mountain Gardener himself. Uh, Talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona, we're just going out there. It's autumn now. It feels like autumn. The gardens are celebrating the cooler weather. They're taking a breath and going, ah, I'm going to bloom for the next two months. Watch this. Woof. And so the gardens are looking really, really good. Some things you want to watch, though. So if you're new to the area, so uh, if you're from more tempered climates, let's say you're the south or or uh, the, the the Southern California, Phoenix, Tucson, Palm Springs, uh, where you're not used to four seasons, uh, some things you need to be aware of. Uh, otherwise, you might fool yourself into believing that you're not a good gardener. It, it, it's only because you were sold a bill of goods that you shouldn't have gone. You shouldn't have been at the Depot Mart, whatever. Uh, buying their stuff they had pretty on the end caps and thinking it would winter over. Right now I'm seeing, I was just doing a tour in our marketplace. Now I'm in Prescott, this central highlands area. So the garden center sits at a mile high. And so we're used to elevation. That's the name, the mountain gardener. Uh, so we're, we're dealing with this four season climate stuff. I'm, I'm shopping all my competitors just to make sure we're in line. It's kind of what retailers do. And so we're floating around. I'm talking to managers. Hey, Ken Waters, how you doing? How's this? How are the numbers? But then you look at all of these box stores, and, and, and they've got summer color. There's zinnias and 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 vincas and geraniums and all these things that are they're going to die in the next three to four or five weeks. And so you're going to take them home going, oh, look, it's so pretty. I'm going to plant this in my front yard or I'm going to put this in my front patio or on my deck and it's going to bloom and bloom and bloom. And then all of a sudden, one day after your first very light frost, maybe you've been looking at a zinnia, even remotely chilly. They don't even like to be below 45 degrees. And I know some of you at the little bit higher elevation, you've already been cooler than that. So the, the higher mountains, uh, Flag and, and um, uh, the Williams and, and White Mountains folks, you're already starting to flirt with, it feels like frost could be any day, and it can. If you put that out there, they're going to be zapped, and you're going to go, oh, what did I do to kill that? And it wasn't you. You were just sold the wrong plant. Do not, in the mountains of Arizona, do not plant summer-loving, heat-loving plants in autumn. You want to be planting cool season, winter blooming, winter loving type of flowers. So this is a new concept. You folks from the Midwest, this might even be new to you all. In the Midwest, you plant fall colored plants back in August and you, you enjoy them until about Thanksgiving. Then the frost line just takes everything, obliterates everything. Well, we don't do that. Uh, we actually keep them going right through winter because our frost line just doesn't permeate that far down into the ground. Well, if you take a Johnny Jump Up or, or Viola or Dusty Miller's, uh, they love this cooler season to come. They'll start blooming now, and they'll keep blooming right through the frost, right through the first snows, right through at the lower elevations, really Prescott, Camp Verde, Cottonwood, uh, Cortis Junction, Spring Valley. It, it'll, they'll bloom right through everything. They'll bloom right into till next June. So you want to make sure I'm just seeing I'm seeing too much of the wrong stuff showing up in the marketplaces in your neighborhood as well that uh, should not be planted now. They'll look good for the next 3 or 4 weeks. And then I just have had too many customers over the decades get discouraged because it died out too soon and they thought it was their fault. Actually, it's a buyer out of Atlanta saying, Vump, send 50 of those to all my stores in the Southwest." And so yeah, it's a great plant for phoenix yeah it'll bloom right through winter in phoenix but phoenix doesn't get the cold that we do up here in god's country up here closer to the heavens up here where it actually has four seasons those kinds of plants that phoenix stores will will love that they need more of them but a prescott prescott valley flagstaff kingman i mean we don't need those they won't last for us so be careful what you plant out in the yard or do your homework, do your research on what will bloom. So you want cool season vegetables, cool season flowers, cool season perennials, 
uh, a shrubbery that that will will get, have fall great great color uh, evergreens. I'm also seeing evergreens showing up. So pine trees. You can't just plant any pine tree in the mountains of Arizona. Many of them have a rust. There's a rust that gets on our native live oaks, emery oaks, scrub oaks. There's a a problem that carries over, migrates over to some of the pine trees. They call it pine tree rust. So if you're planting a a linden pine, a, a, a goldwater pine, some of the desert pine trees, they will grow up here for a number of years. Then all of a sudden they start to get this orange hue and they start to be overwhelmed and they, there's no cure for it. And within about seven to eight years, they just die. And so you really want to do your homework on that and talk to your garden center, your local experts, talk to your local gardening folks, your neighbor next door that just has this great yard. And obviously their pine tree has a little more maturity, so you know it's going to live through. You go, hey, so Joe, what kind of pine tree is that? How would you plant that? Oh, it's an Austrian pine or a Scotch pine or pinion pine. There's these ones that really thrive at the higher altitude. What you have is the phoenix the Phoenix stores, those that have Phoenix and have many, many stores, they'll go, yeah, send send 20 of those pine trees to every one of my stores. Well, they shouldn't be going into the Flagstaff market. They should not be going into the Pine Top Lakeside, Payson, Kingman, Prescott, Prescott Valley, Cottonwood. You, you know where you live. You know where Four Seasons are. They shouldn't be going up there. And if you have any oak trees, any of you remotely near your area, birds carry this disease back and forth. And so that's why we do not carry any of those type of pine trees at our store at Waters Garden Center. We don't carry any of those because we know it would be a disservice in the long run. Hey, I can make a quick buck because you can buy them cheap because they grow so fast. But we're not into making a quick buck. We're into relationships with our friends. We want to make sure their yards look good for the next decade, not for the next two years. And so it's a different mindset with small business, with family business, because we know our kids have to go play soccer with your kids. And if you just your tree just died, I got to take ownership of that. I'm, I'm going to feel bad about that. And so that's where you get into. Smaller is sometimes better for certain things, especially. You know, mass quantity, it doesn't matter as much. You know, go to Walmart, it doesn't matter. But when you really need to have the right design, the right plants that will thrive for the years to come. You want to do a little more homework on that or talk to neighbors, master gardeners, go to a reliable garden center and, and do you do your due diligence on that. I, I even, while I was out, I mean, I just get offended sometimes. I get discouraged because I, I know we all shop at every place. And I know some of you are going to go down to the box store and buy that thing and struggle. I just it hurts me. And then you'll then you think that you're a bad gardener. And I'm telling you, you are not as bad a gardener as you think you are. You're just buying for the wrong wrong source or some other reason. I don't know. But but I even saw um, Leland Cypress there. And we just I've been preaching for three years, three years now that that every Leland Cypress in the county, at least in this Central Highlands area, are going to be dead within five years. There's a disease. There's Leland Cypress canker going through the, and you're seeing them cut down in neighborhoods, old, majestic, 15, 20-year-old Leland Cypress. Yet, I won't say which box, but it could have been blue, could have been orange, could have been marred. I don't know. It, 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 they, they still sell that tree. It's just offensive. It should not be done. You shouldn't be doing that in our market. Sell it down in Phoenix. It grows down there. They don't have that canker as much. But up here... I stopped selling that three years ago. I haven't sold. I sell Arizona cypress. I sell Italian cypress. I sell the cypress that don't have the issues and won't die out five years from now. So, but you'll, you're still seeing that. So, really, do your due diligence and your homework when you're out there in the marketplace. Anyway, you got me. Sorry, you get all worked up. My blood pressure is already ten tenfold all of a sudden. But there's lots of great tips in this this show. Lots of wildflower stuff. What can you be planting now that will attract more birds? Will spread throughout the yard and just easy to take care of. Going with that, we got to bring Lisa Waters Lane in the studio with your garden questions. Uh, I have a feeling with this transition into fall color, we're gonna have some really great questions this this week. Be right back after these important messages. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. 
Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Hi, Ken here with the Plants of the Week and our Purple Magic Crepe Myrtle. You'll be wowed by the sheer amount and intensity of the purple blossoms that shadow this impressive bush. Leaves emerge as bold red foliage in spring and then turn bright green just as the purple flowers erupt in summer. It blooms twice, first in summer, then again in autumn. And at $39, you can have more than one in the gardens. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love to garden, they love to shop. Hi, Ken here with the Plants of the Week and our Timeless Beauty Desert Willow Tree. Large, fragrant burgundy and lavender flowers appear in big, bold clusters all summer long. This unique water selection is prized for its extra-long bloom time without the need of seed pods. The flowers are highly attractive to hummingbirds, 100% Arizona native and just $59. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love their native plants to really bloom, they love to shop. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. We are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio, my dynamic duo here at Waters Garden Center, my gal of 32 years, four kids and three grandkids ago, and still going strong. Yeah. I, I missed you this week. Yes, you were out of town. Nashville, Tennessee. So it's like I had my own little mini vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. What does that mean? I'm not sure how to take Well, me too. I know. <laughs> so Garden Centers got together in Nashville. So we belong to the Garden Center Group. These are the smartest garden centers in the country. Mm-hmm. There were 192 of us. We got together in Nashville, took up the Double Tree downtown. And uh, we just compare notes. It's not really a trade show. If you're in retail or supply mm-hmm. chain or you know equipment, or you get these these trade shows. It wasn't that. It's a co-op, and we get together. And we we've hired the best consultants in the country that that know retail garden centers, mm-hmm. and then we come together someplace in the country. We tour each other's garden centers, which was fun. We see we get the back end personal. Um, uh, garden tours of exotic botanical gardens. I mean, you're talking to the curator or the gardener, the guy that designed it. It's really neat. And then you just compare notes, and then we hire our consultants to come up and preach at us. We feel bad, like HR. You've got <laughs> HR, you, you're terrified by the time she gets done talking. You're all doing it wrong. You're going to jail if you don't do this better. Uh, so, and then our financial guys, and our mm-hmm. here's the marketing folks, and here's your here's your supply. Here's this, they, it's really interesting. And then yeah. it sets the stage for we can just talk to each other mm-hmm. better. So I, I yeah. get all charged. So I noticed you posted a picture. You were at the Parthenon. Yeah. So what's that all about? <laughs> Nashville's famous. Now, back in the 18, 1900s, they didn't want to be Billy Rock mm-hmm. uh, of, uh, of Appalachia, country, you know, hillbilly just off the... Just off the hills with banjos. <laughs> yeah, they didn't want to be that. They wanted okay. to be symphonies. And uh-huh. and so they created these great libraries and great works of art and great gardens. And they had money. Like the Maxwell House coffee is from Nashville. They poured money into this and tried to make it something extremely sophisticated. But f- So they built the Parthenon. It's an exact replica of the Greece Parthenon, exact. The hmm. gods inside. Same size and everything? Same size. It's exactly wow. the same in Nashville, Tennessee. Wow. And I posted it going, okay, I get a personal tour of the back end side. Going, Here's, here you go. I'm going, I wonder if anyone's been in Nashville and seen the Parthenon. So I posted on my Facebook post, and everyone went, yeah, been there. Going there tomorrow. I'm going to be in <laughs> Greece next week. I'll show you the real thing. <laughs> it's kind of just fun. Yeah. Just a poking, poking folks. But, but I don't no, know. no, no, no! It was Just a great picture fun. to see, but I'm sitting there going, "Why do they have a replica of the Parthenon?" I should have taken a sense. picture of. I think it's Athena and Nike or someone. I forget who's in the Parthenon. You all can correct me later. I'm sure or, they will, or don't. <laughs> but it's a huge, like sixty foot god or some ginormous thing. The Greeks ah. would would would, and it's in yeah. full replica. I mean, exact. Cool. It's kind that's of kind neat. of fun, and they got all the history and all that stuff, yeah. and how they built it and why they built it. But that's. I would That's enjoy why. that. Finally, the country mm-hmm. music scene that mm-hmm. that the the Scotch and the Irish and the, that European section they came over in the Appalachians and they brought their 
their their their instruments, the the, the mm-hmm. banjos and mandolins and guitars, with them, which were new instruments back in the late 1800s, and they brought all those rich songs with them, and so they started to record those. RCA set up a studio in Nashville. Uh, they had a 50,000 watt antenna mm-hmm. where they would use music. It was owned by an insurance company. They would push uh, <laughs> country music, this this Billy, this this yeah. old fashioned old songs in, and they would record them and broadcast them. They'd broadcast them one hour a week on Sundays or whenever that was, and then uh, finally Nashville just gave up and said, "Okay, this is good for our this is good for our city. We're going all all in on country and blues yeah. and that whole influence. It's worked for them. It's worked really well." <laughs> It's a fun town. You went to a couple concerts. Too, I did. I went there. to uh, uh, Leanne Rhymes, mm-hmm. which is a great show. She puts on a show, and then a Cheryl Crow. If you're a pop, if you like pop music, great show. Been around forever. So right there, the the Ryman Theater is small, intimate, yeah. and then artists bring their A game. They're not going to bring their acoustic, you know, just their yeah. guitar player, and that's all you get today. It's Nashville. They bring they the. We're talking. Leanne Rhymes had a. 50, 60 person choir backing her up. It was amazing. Wow. Gospel choir. And I missed it. You should have been there, honey. <sighs> next ne- year. Next week we're meeting in. Next uh, year. Um, next year. Well, um, Delaware. Where's that out? Yeah, Delaware. Will- Willingham or Will. I forget. I don't, I don't know, know Delaware. So I don't we're do going. East Coast. So much. Let's go and I'll take you to a Broadway play and then we'll hit Philly and yeah. do it. I would do that one. I just don't want to go to the meetings. Done. You have to go to- okay. It's, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we should cover questions, not just our, our oh, okay. banter back. And I thought we were on our travel put, show again. Put some, put some garden <laughs> tips in. So, Okay. Well, we'll start with Chris because last year he noticed a shrub in his neighborhood that turned a beautiful red color. Yeah. Um, he didn't get it last year, but he wants to put one in for this year, but he cannot remember the name. Oh, it's, it. there's several. I mean, there's we've got quite a few here. They aren't mm-hmm. red yet, but they'll be turning. Oh, yeah. Well, in the next week or two, they'll be turning. It'd be good to put it in now so that it you can enjoy transitions the color. so you can enjoy <laughs> yeah. the color. Yeah, so so it, the number one seller, especially the East Coast, most famous is uh, Burning Bush. Mm-hmm. It grows very, very well here in the mountains. It's in the Euonymus family. Euonymus, exactly. All the Euonymus do really well. Low mm-hmm. care, adapts well, not not really any issues. Or the native one, more, more drought-hardy zero-scape one, is Flame Maple. Mm-hmm. Flame is a little bit taller, has a, has a classic little tiny leaf, mm-hmm. uh, turns bright red, could be a native service berry. It turns know. more orangey red, but there's several that, mm-hmm. that do that, you know, head hide, a little bit taller, you can keep them trimmed down, type of red fall color, but they're mm-hmm. intense. The, the shrubs of fall, I think they're even brighter than the trees of fall as far as that intensity of red, right. how it just glows and pulsates. I think part of that is, they're right there where you can see them. See you can them. appreciate them, whereas trees are kind of up there yeah, in the heavens. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, you don't see them as well. Yeah, I know we carry the dwarf burning bush. It's a little more manageable, especially yeah. for smaller yards. And boy, the color on that can just be dynamic. That's one. Plant that one in a container, a big pot. Mm-hmm. Even without the foliage, it's got this funky, uh, quirky Squarish. bark. It's yeah. really cool. Wrap it with Christmas lights. Put some uh, red bows on it. It is. You can really turn that into an art form mm-hmm. with or without foliage. You can really have fun with that burning bush. Definitely. I noticed uh, I was walking in the nursery yard and the Virginia creeper and the Boston ivies are oh, they starting to, go? to turn. Yeah. Oh, it's they're always the first ones. So right. they're always the first ones to turn, and then it mm-hmm. goes. It just gets more intense from there. Virginia yeah. creeper. It's it's a it's a native. Mm-hmm. It grows wild. You just see it up in the Bradshaws and the Mingus, you know, up in the higher elevations, going underneath the, the junipers and stuff. And you'll right. see that same fall color, mm-hmm. but it does even better with a little bit of care in your own yard. It'll okay. cover fences, hold down hillsides. It's a beautiful, beautiful native uh, vining kind of plant. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the, the, when plants start to turn color, it's not so much to do with the temperatures. It has more to do with their daylight. That's the right. Daylight, yeah. correct? Yeah. Yep, so it kind of right. changes their pigments when they don't get as much. Yep. And- Total chl- chlorosis kind of stuff. And the day, mm-hmm. days are getting shorter mm-hmm. and the plants know it. And they're going, okay, that's it. I'm shutting down. Yeah. Time to go to sleep. Yep. Fall is not your favorite time of year. I love fall, but you're always... About I it. like my my <laughs> t-shirt, shorts, bathing suit, flip flops. I like the summer, everything about yeah. summer, 
And fall is just, you can't do that in the, in the it's chilly in the morning. You're putting another layer on. I love that. Yeah, Put your snuggly no. worm stuff. Well, let's get another question in real quick. Don lives out in Prescott Valley. He's getting ready to put his lawn in, and he just wants to know, what would you recommend for grass seed? What variety? There's only two. Right now you're talking uh, fescues, bluegrass, or ryegrass. Ryegrass blends. In Prescott, we call it Prescott blend. Is that, That's a bluegrass, ryegrass blend. If you've got kids, dogs, that kind of stuff, I would recommend fescue. It's deeper-rooted. Lower water use, and it doesn't spot as easy. Mm-hmm. And now through October is the just it's the perfect. This is when you plant grass. This is when you overseed. This is when you extend or add more square footage to your yard. This is the time that uh, you need to. You can put grasses in. Great questions this week. We'll be back with Kenalisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. The Get Real Men's Expo is dedicated to spiritual guys of all faiths. This year is full of exotic cars, motorcycles, and competitions filled with guys young and old in archery, bull riding, and axe throwing. Ladies, yeah, you heard me right. This is a great father-son event that creates memories and motivates men to reconnect with their community and a God that uniquely loves each one of us. This year's expo is September 21 from 830 to 1 at Yavapai College in Prescott. If you're a man, it's free. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lang. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. Now, through really October, there are certain things that you need to do to prepare your, your gardens, your trees, your shrubs, your perennials, to, to hibernate through winter. So we're going to have this transition through the next two months, really, through now through about Thanksgiving, the first week in December, is when you have most of the fall color. You've got your mums in bloom, asters are blooming, the autumn sage are just glorious. You can tell it's just autumn. And so there's this transition that happens in the garden, and then you need to do a few key things that tease your plants up to really hibernate well and then wake up strong in spring. And the number one thing I can tell you that will really up your game, this is really important for you East Coast folks, uh, where you're just not, you've got more places where that have had more topsoil. They don't really have to fertilize as often. or They only are used to lawns. They've never really dealt with trees and shrubs. Here in the Southwest, there's this bubble from Albuquerque up to southern Utah over to really Arizona where our water is extremely alkaline and our food, the, the nutrients within the soil are very lacking, especially at the higher altitudes. And the higher the altitude your, your home is, your landscape, the more this plays out. And so the reason being, the little bit of organic matter that we have in our in our that top soil is what they call it, it's only millimeters deep. And then your landscaper, I mean, not your landscaper, your home builder came in with a backhoe and just scraped off every bit of nutrients in your garden. They put your footers in your driveways. They built your house. And then many of you have zero, absolutely no nutritional value in your gardens uh, when you start to garden. So you need to supplement or add, you have to fertilize more often or give your plants nutrients more often, or they start to get this off color. They start to go yellow, or they call it chlorosis. Uh, your lilacs, they didn't bloom this spring. That's why. Your crepe myrtles, they just really didn't wake up and grow very well. well that's why. Your evergreens are just, they're, they're not as blue as your neighbors. They aren't as green as they should be. That's why. It's all a nutrient factor. 
The number one bit of advice I can give you, especially those that have more mature landscapes, you've got trees that have been in more than, let's say, two years. The number one bit of advice I can give you is fertilize the entire landscape. I mean, everything between now and the end of October. It is the most important feeding of the entire year for your landscape, especially those things that, that bloom in the spring. You, you fertilize now to get great lilacs or apple trees or forsythia or daffodils or you know, those things that bloom in the spring, gardenias, hydrangeas. You can just name them. You know what they are. They use the food now to set their flower buds, to hibernate well, and then to set their flower buds for next spring. If you've got crab apples or red buds or anything you want to, if it just didn't quite bloom as well as it should have this spring, that's almost always a nutritional factor. So you fertilize now, and then it uses that. It'll store that food up in its root structure, and, it, and then it uses that to form the leaf buds and flower buds of next year. So it's just something, if you've got a lot of topsoil, well, that nutrients, they were loaded up in that topsoil, and that's where it's stored. So you've got more fudge factor. You didn't have to fertilize as often. If you don't have a lot of topsoil, then it, your plants are more dependent on you. They use that up faster because you don't have that storage capacity called topsoil to keep that plant healthy. This will really play out with your Colorado spruce, your pine trees, deodor cedars, all your evergreens. What will happen is here in, in two, three months, you know, January 1, we're going to walk out and we've had our first snowstorm. It's starting to be cold at night, but bright, warm days. Um, you'll, you'll see the evergreens will start to get chlorotic or they get yellow or off color. They look pale, emaciated. They just look, they look bad. That's purely a, a, a nutritional value thing. And so you need to fertilize them now to get, to not have that happen. A lawns, if you fertilize those things well going into winter, they will stay, many of them, especially younger lawns, they'll stay green right through winter at the lower elevations. Lower elevations being, let's say, under 6,000 feet. Okay, you all folks up in the higher mountain ridge tops, you know, Groom Creeks and the Highland Pines, those higher elevations, now you're just buried in snow. No one's going to see your lawn. They're just white. Uh, but for most of us, uh, we're, we can keep those things green. So you want to use a good, long, good organic food. Here you go. Here, I've made my own. I'm a, I'm a big organic guy, all naturals. I think we should convert over from synthetics. You throw synthetics out there. They, they, they don't last very long. And then the rains pick them up, and they get down into our water source. You can actually, if you're on your own well, you can pollute your – you can – you can poison yourself with, by using the wrong food. You want to use a good organic food. So I put together one called all-purpose plant food. Seven to four, four, it's cottonseed meal and bird guano and some iron and sulfur and stuff. Uh, evergreens love it. The best lawn food with that bird guano, the best lawn food you've ever seen. Perennials love it. It's made for just a general purpose. Sling it on everything, but it should be done by the end of October. If it is a blooming thing, fruit trees, uh, crab apples, red buds, uh, fruiting thing like grapes, um, um, uh, your berries, brambles, those, you, I've, I made an, an organic fruit and vegetable food. Use that. It's pelletized, easy to spread. A bag covers 2,000 square feet. So I've got two foods that you can use. You, flip, you probably need a bag of each. Spread it out now by the end of October. And it will make the difference between good and bad gardens next spring. Be right back. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. High waters with this week's Plant of the Week and our Black Satin Blackberries. A thornless, milky smooth blackberry that loves the Arizona sun and produces the most deliciously sweet, deep blackberries. Soft pink flowers cover the nimble canes and then yield hordes of the most delicious, juicy blackberries a gardener could hope for. Ready to plant in just $19 and only found at Waters Garden Center. 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love to grow the sweetest berries love to shop. Hi, Waters with the Plants of the Week and our Black Lace Elderberry. Tense purple foliage is finely cut for a dramatic effect. 
Creamy pink flowers contrast nicely with the purple leaves. The red berries are edible and make delicious elderberry wine, jams, or just left on the bush to attract birds. A dramatic accent are planted as a trouble-free head-high hedge and just $17. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love their elderberries, they love to shop. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And we have a very special guest, someone that I just can never hang out with enough. Back in the studio, Lisa Waters Lane. Hey, babe. Hi. So good looking. I don't know. I go, I go traveling around the country. Yes. And I do miss you. <laughs> do you miss me? Yes, dear. That's good. Your dogs miss you too. They do. That's crazy. Dog, well, dogs miss everyone. It could be a stranger <laughs> robbing your house. You go, Whoa, hey, where are you come from? Hey, can we be friends? It's true. Get any food? You're gone for one minute, walk back in, they're like, oh. Yeah. What is that? That's why we back. love dogs. <laughs> Cats don't do that. Going, no. If you die, I'm going to eat your face. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. I just offended cat bad. people. Yeah, yeah That's you did. Ba- I apologize. This is my bad. Anyway, <laughs> you dog people understand. <laughs> anyway, this is a garden segment yes. that we try to pick up your garden tips. Just what are you sensing on the garden center floor? What do you What do you see where you're traveling around the neighborhood? And so, what do you got for us? Well, I. One thing I've been listening to the news, and there was this huge report out on the reduction of wild birds in North America. And I didn't, you know, how you hear things, but you don't really pay a lot of attention to it. Then I was reading um, the paper, and our friend Eric over at Jay's Bird Barn had an article on there about kind of the same thing, the reduction of wild birds in North America. And, And you were, we were talking about it, and you mentioned, well, we're right on the migratory path. You know, so we usually see a lot of birds. Um, but one of the things Eric mentioned was planting the right plants in your yard. That's right, yeah. So, yeah, you can throw bird feeders out there, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think that helps. But if you really, really, really want to get those wild birds back in your yard, planting different varieties of things is the best way to do it. So in, in talking in human terms, mm-hmm. you're going on a road trip across country, you can only drive for, for us anymore, you know, 10 hours is kind of our max. We try to keep it that six to eight. Right. Uh, in between, you kind of go, I'm kind of hungry. Stop into, you know, Maverick, get a burrito or McDonald's or Funyuns. cafe, maybe, but a quick, quick feeder thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'd be your feeder out in the yard. Just kind of feed them real quick and then they're on. Mm-hmm. You're going to drive the rest of the way. Well, birds are, they're flying the same way. Right. And then when you finally get to that 10, 12, sometimes we're really going, we're going to push it. We can make the next down. 12 miles, I don't, 12 hours. And then you need a rest place. Mm-hmm. You need a, you know, Holiday Inn Express or something, kind of rest, have a breakfast, and then do it again. Well, your birds need a place to rest right. for the night, too. And that's that plants. And then they'll hit the, the feeders or. They'll go down for the free breakfast in the lobby of the what, hotel, whatever your right, favorite thing right. is. They they would rather have that. Mm-hmm. They've got a place to rest. They'll hang out for a couple of days, three or four days. They'll rest up, eat, peck around the berries and the seeds in your, your, your perennials, and then they'll fly off again. Mm-hmm. It's amazing the diversity of birds you can, you can attract oh, into your yard because this is where you look at the water source for Arizona – they're, they're using us to hop, skip, and jump all the way up from Canada mm-hmm. down to, some of them migrate down to South America. It's amazing. Right. Butterflies, monarchs, same way. Oh, yeah. And I think, I find it interesting. We've done a big push for pollinators in the yard. Yeah. And that's a great thing, not knocking that, you know, getting butterflies in and bees. But maybe it's time to do something for getting your wild wild birds back into your yard. I agree. And, and make a focus on that. We can say that because we're big bird people and we've already done that. But let us share some advice with you. Well, of course. So you kind of mentioned it. Birds want certain things. They want cover. They want to feel protected, you know, especially if the neighbor's cat is prowling around. Yeah, that's true. You definitely, they need that, the taller trees and shrubs in the yard to be protected from. So you definitely need some taller ones, things like aspens, maples, Oaks, junipers, pine trees, all those trees that get nice and tall and they, they provide that, that 
cover for them so they're not just out there. Definitely need water. You and I have two different water sources in our yard. We have a pond and we have a little fountain out front and the birds use them both. You do. And there's yeah. the small birds like the front, the little one. Right. The big birds, the doves and the quail, they like the pond waterfall thing in the back. Yeah. Yeah. So they're braver. They're, I think it's more open there, whereas the other one has more more trees around it. So they, they all all come down at once. Use the one <laughs> all go back up. The hummingbirds like prefer mm-hmm. the one up front. Right, right. And then food. So what we're gonna hit on is those natural food things because I think what happens so much of the time when when a and I'm not I know I sound like I'm bashing contractors, but you come in to put a new house, what's the first thing they do? They scrape the land bare. And you're taking all those native plants off of there that the birds are, that's where they get a lot of their food from. So if you're going to scrape all that off, then I think you have an obligation to put something besides rock back in that those birds can use and can utilize. So we talked about some of the trees for um, cover, those tall trees. But you also have... uh, uh, quail and flycatchers, those are more ground birds. They spend a lot of their time hunting, pecking on the ground. So you also need some lower growing shrubs that they're going to be able to find cover in as well. And a lot of great ones, autumn sage. Yeah, These are perfect. ones that we actually have in right yeah, now. Right we have now. them yeah. in the yard All here. And you can put them in now. Dianthus is another nice real low grower. Honeysuckle, ivy. Uh, those make great ground covers, and those are great for the birds to hide in. Or Oregon grape, um, repens, the low-growing one that's yeah. a nice little ground cover, does excellent. Oregano, oh, believe it or that. not. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So oregano for you and for the birds. Yeah. Time would probably <laughs> be in the same same realm. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think so. Uh, snapdragons. And now it's snapdragon season. So those are great ones to put in. Trumpet vine, which uh, another, you could use it climb up or on the ground makes another so there's a lot of low growing shrubs you can put out there for them to get those ground birds to get cover in as well i noticed cat mint oh, in yeah. our back we've got several in mm-hmm. our backyards more low maintenance back right. there it blooms a long time i noticed a lot of the butterflies the hummingbirds like it mm-hmm. and the birds will peck around it. it's this low growing mounding right knee high or a little lower mm-hmm. kind of plant super hardy yeah. they love that one oh dude. echinacea they love the echinacea, echinacea kind of stuff too. Yeah. they're like in the seeds and yeah stuff off pecking of that. you can see where they've been mm-hmm. hunting around doing stuff a lot of the um low your grasses those low growing yeah. grasses the mooley grasses the uh, grama grass blue oak grass all of those two are excellent for cover and for food because yeah. they're getting as the seed heads dry up uh, as we go into fall and winter, that's an excellent food source for them. And that goes for your um, galardias, your echinaceas, all those wildflowers that also produce those wonderful seed heads um, as we go into fall and winter. So an excellent source of food for them. And these can all be planted now. So I, I think oh, yeah. when I'm tracking, that's a lot of plants. You just you've, We've got a... Oh, we have a wonderful birds handout. Come get that with a list of plants that are unique to our mountain birds, the Mm -hmm. ones that migrate through here. And most of those that you were tracking, they're in in stock now. You can plant those now. They are. So I tried to kind of hit ones that we've definitely have in stock. So those people that want to plant now for them, um, these are things that we already have in stock. Um, And we talked about some of the natives, Apache plume. Um, I think it's a beautiful shrub, especially if it's taken care of at all a nice native very very pretty pyracanthas are another good one those little orange berries the birds like those and the catoniasters uh, we have a gorgeous gray leaf catoniaster that i just think is beautiful because it contrasts so nicely with the green that people have in their yard yeah it makes a nice berry for the birds if um, you're nothing but rock it takes mm-hmm. that radiated heat because it's a native oh, catonia yeah. you'll see it growing wild but a beautiful little shrub about hip high a little mm-hmm. lower Mm-hmm. Yeah, burning bush and we actually talked about oh, burning go. bush earlier um, is another great one great medium sized one for the birds chase trees desert willows um, there's a lot of things you can put in that aren't necessarily high maintenance high water but they are beautiful in your yard and they attract the birds in and they you know, help it's the kind birds. of fun we had a windstorm come through i don't know two three weeks ago and it knocked down some of the nests they were, they were abandoned uh, yeah but it's kind of neat to come through your yard and go, oh, look at the bird nest. Where'd that come from? Where's that neat? Or we'll be pruning in the winter. Yeah. You'll see a little tiny hummingbird nest. You're going, I never saw that up there. But 
here it is because now it's it's winter right. and they've already migrated south and they're done. You're going, oh, it's kind of like a little gift. Yeah. The birds leave you as you're out there in your yard. <laughs> and then you hear the birds chirping. Just There's a lot of yeah. birds are so fun. I agree. So great advice. Lisa Waters Lane with How to Attract More Birds in Your Yard. Ask for the free handout here at Waters Garden Center. We'll be right back. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Hi, Waters with the Plants of the Week and our local chase tree. Fragrant lilac blooms cover this tree that can also be pruned into a tall bush and blooms all summer long. No special skills needed for this bloomer. Easy to grow, heat-loving, low-water user, and disease-free. These are really nice bushes for $39. We also have very tall trees in bloom for an impressive $120. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love local blooming trees, they love to shop. Hi, Lisa here with the Plants of the Week and our little Janie Gara. Little Janie is a charmer with flowers that float above this 15-inch plant. The fluorescent pink flowers will wow the hummingbirds with Janie's charm as well. Hummingbirds throughout the neighborhood will visit your plants. They're just so popular and only $14. She thrives in hot, dry gardens and only found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love their native plants to be beautiful and hassle-free, they love to shop. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. Now Lisa was mentioning the last segment uh, some plants that would attract more birds. How to attract more birds, especially since we're on the migratory pattern. And, and I would say one of the number one ways to really attract wildlife, whether it's just birds or butterflies, hummingbirds, just more activity is to plant perennials, wild flowers, things that pop up wild or just spread throughout the yard. And so I went through and, and put a list together of plants you could plant right now. And, and they're kind of local, famous mountain wildflowers. Plant once and they reseed and they come up other places and... All of these you can find at your garden centers now, or most of them. So uh, I would say don't plant seed, wildflower seed right now. You're not in the sweet spot. Wild grasses, yes, now through October is the time to plant lawns, grasses. But the seed for wildflowers are best planted in a couple months. So wait till after, after the holidays. Go January 1 through March of, of next year. That's the best time to spread wildflower seed so then they'll come up for next spring. This is now the best time to put lawns and wild grasses down. So, But these are the plants. The actual They're in bloom right now. You could plant the plant. It would continue to bloom. It would seed up, and then it would spread its seed and come up with more flowers next spring. So uh, there's quite a number of them. You could plug into the yard. Some of these I'll put on drip systems. Some I'll put them in, in, in containers. Some I just plant in the backyard and just let them go. I'll water them by hand a little bit, and then they just go by themselves. They're truly wild or, or very tough type of plants. And so most of these are going to be small, so knee-high or lower. I think back to all of them. I might have a couple of shrubs. Maybe just see what I wrote down. Going, what's, what's looking good? What's out there? What's blooming? What's, what's, what's going to really can carry us through winter and look great? And yet they're a wildflower that, that would spread throughout the yard. And the number one most famous of all of the wild perennials, that these are plants that come back every year. Remember, perennial and permanent both start with P, so it just comes back every year. Annuals come back, live for the year, and then they're dead. So these are perennials. The number one, all the old gardens, has a patch of vinca. Or, or your grandparents might have called it periwinkle. Uh, it's got a little blue flower the size of a quarter with five petals. It's evergreen. It's kind of a viney thing. But it, it's not really a vine, but it's a ground cover. So it spreads out about a foot, foot and a half touches the ground, and then reseeds and goes that way. doesn't spread by seed so much as it does by, by spreading, uh, either by rhizomes or by touching the earth, and the new new vine pops up. So 
Uh, you got to be careful where you plant vinca because <laughs> it can take over. I wouldn't put it in the middle of my flower bed or you'll have nothing but vinca in about five years. So it just chokes out everything, which means it chokes out all the weeds. It chokes out all the oaks. It chokes out all the things that want to come up in the middle of it, uh, uh, ragweeds and stuff. So it's very aggressive. But if you've got a ground cover, you need a ground cover to hold down a, a dry wash. Water flows seasonally and it just kind of washes things out. Well, that's a great one for that. That's number one. I would say one that I like to use myself is, is cat mint and then also sage. So there's meadow sage. There's a lot of, anytime you hear salvia or sage in the name, it's a great one for the mountains of Arizona because animals don't eat those. So javelina, deer, uh, rabbits, pack rats, whatever wild thing you've got, prairie dogs, they don't eat them. And so they've got this herbally scent they just they just detest. They don't like the fact it almost has a repelling action to it. Yet they got a great flower that attracts butterflies, pollinating bees, uh, uh, hummingbirds, and they repeat bloom several times throughout the yard. But you never get one. You plant a, a meadow sage, it will reseed, and then it spreads in this beautiful little patch of, of eight-inch tall, spiky blue flowers, nice sagey scent when you walk on it takes the dog pressure, I notice. So we've got two dogs in the backyard, and it, it, it seems to thrive. And then it comes up in other places, which is kind of a delight. Uh, the cat mint is a little bit taller, gets about eh, knee-high, a little, little shorter, kind of a little mounding perennial or low-mounding shrub kind of thing. It does die back to the ground each winter, but it comes back fresh very, very early, like, like into February, March, at least in this central highlands uh, elevation. And then just comes back and starts blooming again. It's amazing how long that one blooms. A great, great wildflower that comes up. Um, I notice if you're going down that herbal side, we mentioned animals don't like to be on or to touch herbs. Uh, they don't like that herbal scent. It almost has a repelling action. So the javelina are not going to dig up a thyme lawn. They're not going to bother a rosemary. They're not going to bother oregano, uh, lavenders. They just have no interest these are great plants that I wouldn't really call them wild flowers, but they adapt very easily. Actually, in my time, it comes up for places I don't want it sometimes. So I've got a front time lawn up front, then it wants to reseed into the pavers I've got next to that. It's beautiful, that contrast. It's super hardy. I never I mow it twice a year, and that is it. But it, ta- it can come up in other places if it's even remotely happy. So some of your herbs, herbs do really, really well up here. Uh, and the animals don't eat it. Another evergreen wildflower that I that I, I spot around the yard. I've got one in, in a little pot up front by the driveway where just heat bakes it. It's um, rainbow ascot euphorbia. I'll take that also and I'll plant it in my backyard just in the raised beds where I just kind of water it by hand, get it started, and then it just goes by itself. But euphorbia, euphorbias, not all of them are hardy at the higher elevations, but rainbow ascot is tough as nails. And it's one of the only euphorbias that is evergreen. So it gets up maybe, I don't know, 18 inches high, has this beautiful variegated gold, green, red color to it. The flower on it is really like Dr. Seuss flower. It's really cool. But it just is a great, it, it's just a great, great wildflower for the mountains of Arizona. It's perennial. Comes back every year. You just it, actually this one doesn't come back. It just stays green all year. Kind of like Vinca, only it's taller. That's a great one. The most famous shrub, low-growing shrub, uh, at least at the lower elevation, I'd say sixty five hundred foot and lower, especially as you get towards Spring Valley, Camp Verde, Cottonwoods. Uh, the Kingman areas, the number one seller, the number one most famous, well, maybe it's number two, Autumn Sage or Salvia Greggii. Uh, mine, are up, mine are in full bloom. I mean, they're just covered. You could hardly see the foliage. There are so many red flowers on this thing. Hummingbirds use this as a food source as they migrate up and down. As you're going down to lower elevations or down to, they travel, many of them, down to Central S- South America. They travel a long ways where they're looking for these red shrubs called autumn sage in your yard. Um, great, I would call it a woody perennial kind of thing. Doesn't really reseed and come up other places, 
but it's a nice little three by three by three shrub, super easy to care for, naturalizes really easy. And animals, again, the, 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 the mammals, leave it alone. Things with fur, they're not going to eat your, your autumn sage. They leave it alone. Now, I guess the number one, the reason I hesitated, Russian sage is really number one. It's a little boring. I mean, it's just a blue spiky flower shrub, about hip high, comes up. It's consistent. It does recede. It comes up other places. Kind of aggressive. Can be kind of weedy. I mean, just kind of got to maintain it some. Whereas the autumn sage has more color variations. You can get more variety. And it doesn't tend to sucker and weed and come up in other places. It's just easier to maintain. In my gardens, I find that to be the case. Uh, your grandparents loved um, hens and chick. It's a sedum. But there's so many more choices to deal with than just that one. This is a little spiky. It looks like a cabbage or something. It just spreads out and grows. We use them in rock gardens quite a bit. It thrives at this elevation. Probably the one that's most beautiful in autumn is autumn joy sedum. Great little plant. It grows up a little taller than your hens and chicks. So it gets up about 18 inches, 24 inches. But it's covered in red flowers right now. It's just, it's just stunning. But sedums are like a cactus without the thorns. And so they've got real fleshy stems to them, which make them very robust. That's why you can put them out there in the yard, surround them in heat, neglect them, and they still just thrive. Uh, to put them, put them in that rock garden, they thrive. Surround them, by the, put them right by the driveway, they thrive. There's a lot of different choices you can go with. And lastly, I'll, I'll leave you with this one, shade um, in the shade areas, one wildflower that just is, is stunning. Nothing, nothing compares. Candy apple hydrangeas. It's got this bright white flower right now. Classic hydrangea foliage. It's up about two feet tall. Oh, it's st- if you've got a north-facing entrance, put it in a container and watch your neighbors ooh over, th- ooh and awe over this uh, candy apple hydrangea. It's beautiful in the shade in your yard. Be right back. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott at 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. The Get Real Men's Expo is dedicated to spiritual guys of all faiths. This year is full of exotic cars, motorcycles, and competitions filled with guys young and old in archery, bull riding, and axe throwing. Ladies, yeah, you heard me right. This is a great father-son event that creates memories and motivates men to reconnect with their community and the God that uniquely loves each one of us. This year's expo is September 21 from 830 to 1 at Yavapai College in Prescott. If you're a man, it's free. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. You are noticing your garden centers are, are changing, or they should be changing their inventory mix. Don't be careful of the mass merchants, because they're going whatever's in pretty from a farm probably that's down at lower elevation. And they're, they're loading up all their stores, all 100 stores in Arizona, the Phoenix, the Tucson's, the Kingman's, the Payson's, the Pine Top Lakesides, Flags. They all get the same mix. Send 50 of those to all my stores. And so you'll see this polluted mix-up of plant material that the, the North folks should not be planting right now. So I mentioned that at the beginning of the show. But do your homework, do your due diligence, and know that you're not going to plant something that in two weeks the frost comes and takes it. Your, your good garden centers are putting in pansies and snapdragons, and ornamental kale. They're, they switched up the tomatoes and, and cucumbers with, with lettuce and spinach and cauliflower and Brussels sprouts. All of these things love the season that's coming. And you'll be harvesting fresh broccoli right off the, right off the plant for Thanksgiving dinner by planting that. But if you plant 
the tomato that just showed up or the basil that just showed up, they're going to be vaporized when you even go below. If you even get to 50, 40 degrees, they're done. They're going to stop. They're going to yellow. They're going to fade. They're going to fall over. And you're going, God, why, why can't I garden better? It's not you. You were sold the wrong thing. So do that. You're seeing the, uh, the, the, the shrub mix go to uh, shrubs and perennials are going into the fall and winter. Lots of evergreens showing up now. So we're stocking up right now with nandinas, with the fall, red fall-colored euonymus uh, and, and maples, uh, flame maples, uh, chase trees, now, the, the perennials, you're seeing a whole fall and uh, um, autumn through early winter uh, wildflower mix. You can plant those now. They, they, they'll thrive. They'll root out. They'll actually th- produce more seed and spread in the yard. And then they'll come back next spring if you plant the right thing. And that's going to be your dianthus, your, your, your vincas, uh, all your mums, asters, uh, hookahs, or coral bells, your grandparents called it. Uh, so there's there's that mix. You can you can garden now. Just do your homework or know who you're buying from and why they're stocking that thing or ask the questions. And if that person seems to be bluffing on the on the sales floor and they're holding a water wand that they got a shirt that says merchandiser, they don't have a clue what they're talking about plant wise. They're just there to make things look pretty so you'll buy it and take it home and they can make a buck at the register. They're not there to help you with plants. So what be careful who you're talking to. It's just get all riled up when I see what's happening with the influx of the big merchants. Just They're just after a quick buck, and they'll put anything out there on an end cap so you'll buy it. Be careful what you're, what you're, what you're selling. We've, we have uh, um, a class this weekend. It was on how to plant. How do you put in a new maple, a new aspens, a new pine tree, a spruce tree? How do you plant new, new perennials? That was this weekend. Next weekend, it's one of our most popular garden classes. It's called Gardening for Newcomers. If you're just not sure, please, I mean, my name's Ken. We're just friends. We're talking over the back fence, and we're just, this is working in my yard. I think it will work in yours. Let me share some things with you. It's that kind of class. So lots of handouts on, on, on zones, and when the first frost dates are, and when do you plant certain things. You, you'll really up your game if you knew the area, or if you're just an established gardener and you kind of know, you just want to hang out with other gardeners that just love plants. Uh, come. we just love to have you. We'll show off some of the fall-colored uh, perennials, which plants are growing, will, will bloom through, through winter, which, which ones will have great fall color. We go into all of that for you, and they're free every Saturday at 9.30. And so and then we go into just a couple others. Autumn colors, the best enjoyed at home, top 10 trees and how to plant them. That's through October. Take a look at all of those at watersgardencenter.com. Hi, Ken. The plants of the week in our plumtastic muley grass. Glittering clouds of vivid purple plumes emerge in late summer and persist through the end of the year. It's a natural and showing off all its glory right now at the garden center. A superb hillside plant, especially when situated so that the plumtastic flowers are backlit by the Arizona sunset, all for just $36. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love plumtastic grass, they love to shop. The Get Real Men's Expo is dedicated to spiritual guys of all faiths. This year is full of exotic cars, motorcycles, and competitions filled with guys young and old in archery, bull riding, and axe throwing. Ladies, yeah, you heard me right. This is a great father-son event that creates memories and motivates men to reconnect with their community and a God that uniquely loves each one of us. This year's speaker is comedian Dennis Swanberg, noted as America's Minister of Encouragement. Dennis is funny really funny and motivational when it comes to living your faith like a man. The Get Real Men's Expo, where drones, tomahawks, and food trucks rain from 8.30 to 11. Then comedian Dennis Swanberg cracks us up as fathers, husbands, and sons at 11. Prescott Tire Pro is a major sponsor of this event. September 21st from 8.30 to 1 at Yavapai College in Prescott. The Get Real Men's Expo. If you're a man, it's free. Hi, Lisa with the finds of the week and our Forester Feathergrass. Dramatic bronze flower spikes start blooming in early summer and don't stop until well into next year. The flowers are so light and airy, it's often referred to as feathergrass. Growing to just hip high, this dainty grass shows off enough to make a designer statement without being invasive. All for under $30. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. 
where people who love really pretty grass, they love to shop. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.